We, we've experienced the, the Christmas season and all of the expectation and the joys and the disappointments and the ups and the downs and, and all that kind of stuff. And now as we end the year, I, I heard a lot of people saying they're, they're kind of tired and people are just ready for time to, to unwind and relax. But in our, our text today, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of that expectation and joy that... that we experience and disappointment during the Christmas season. But before we do that, I want to I wanna set the stage for where we're going to be in Scripture. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the events leading up to this. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, if you want to follow along in your Bibles or on your phones or whatever. And we're going we're gonna to unpack some things that happen after the Christmas story that, that we just talked about this past week. But let's get started uh, by opening in prayer. Jesus, as we gather here to hear your word, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would work through it. Lord, that you would encourage us and that we would be transformed by your word today. In your name we pray. Amen. So we, we know in Luke chapter 2, and I'm just going to remind you of what's happened up to this point. Uh, we, in Luke chapter 2 is the famous story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree, blah, blah, blah. I'm not dismissing the story when I say blah, 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 but we just, we're not going to go through all that. So we read the story of Jesus. Then the shepherds and the angels come, and glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth, and all of that. And then you have uh, the angels going back, and they find Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger, and the shepherds had spread the word about everything that they had seen, and they all praised God. Shepherds glorifying God and praising. And then it says at the end of this, and this is the part I think we forget that's going to lead us into what we're going to talk about today. At the end of this, in Luke 2, 21, at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is a huge verse to transition from the Messiah being born to the story we're going to talk about. Because it's confirmation of everything that God had planned. And the way that God had delivered the message, it's more affirmation that what's happening here is special. And that all of this has been part of God's plan for salvation for people. And so as part of this process, we, we read here that Jesus was taken on the eighth day and to the temple to be circumcised. If you remember in the Old Testament, this was something that was made in a covenant between God and his people that circumcision was like baptism is for us. It was this promise being carried through God to his people with a representation and so when we read about circumcision and the eighth day here, we see that they are fulfilling God's word and God's law to this point, and that Jesus is a part of all that. And then we see in verse 22, the next verse, and then the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses. They brought him to Jerusalem. To present him to the Lord. As it's written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb should be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves 
or two young pigeons. And so this is a continuation of Old Testament law of the fulfillment of the need for sacrifice to atone for sins and also a recognition of the promise that God had given to his people that was still being fulfilled and they're awaiting the Messiah in all this and this is being fulfilled as we read this story right here. And now, there's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. We're going to stop and talk about this for a second. So in order to, to see here what's going on, Simeon was an, an old man. And Simeon had been told that he would see the Messiah before he died. Didn't know when that was going to happen. Didn't know how or exactly what or what it was going to look like. And so Simeon was waiting with expectation and anticipation year after year after year. And I was thinking about how this can relate to us. I was thinking, well, we just got done talking or we just got done celebrating Christmas and I could talk about the waiting and the expectation of gifts and disappointment and all that and excitement. And I thought, no, we've talked about that. Plus, I don't know if it's too fresh for some of us if we're experiencing some of those things. So I thought of a good example. So I'm a big NFL fan. I grew up a Dolphins fan. Dan Marino loved it. My dad would always take me to the Dolphins game against the Colts because we were in the same division back then. Then we got season tickets to the Colts. I grew up. I was blessed to be at Peyton Manning's first game, had season tickets with my dad through that entire thing, became a diehard Colts fan, right? Then I moved to Detroit. Some of you know where this is going. <laughs> so Indy and Miami are, are far away from Detroit, so I'm like, hey, they have an NFL team, sort of. And so, um, <laughs> and so I'm going to get tickets, and my dad and I got tickets for the Lions for 10 years while we were in Michigan and made it to almost every single game, home game, for the Lions, guys and gals, the Lions. And so... When you do that because you love football and the NFL so much, you actually start becoming a fan of the team that you're watching, right? So I became reluctantly a Lions fan over the past decade, much to Pastor Scott's chagrin also. So fast forward now, I've experienced with the Lions, I got to the point where I didn't even get excited anymore. <laughs> like when they were doing well because you're like, ah, same old Lions, Cue last night. You may not know. Most of you, I thought, this is, might not be the best illustration. Go ahead and Google it after church. The Lions lost in the most spectacularly Lions way possible last night. Here it is. They tie the game with 20 seconds left. All they need to do is kick an extra point to tie this game with the Cowboys. Having huge playoff implications. Instead, they go for two. Whoa. Bold move if they make it, and then they do. They make it. The entire place goes nuts. Everybody thinks game over, Lions win. Nope, there's a flag. The guy who caught the ball didn't report as eligible, so they called it all back. And I sat there, and I had this a moment of elation, and I almost texted several people. I had enough time, by the way, to process all this while this happened. I'm like, I'm going to wait. <laughs> I'm glad I did. So the Lions lost. But back to where we are in Scripture. 
The point is, I think Simeon felt that over the years. I think the expectation of, is this the Messiah? And then there's hope and there's promises. I can imagine him watching people come up, bringing children, thinking, is this going to be the day? Is this going to be when I see what God has promised me? Is this when I'm finally going to see the, the plan of salvation that God has told is going to happen? The difference with Simeon in my story is that Simeon, we're told right in this text, is somebody who is righteous and devout and waiting for this promise and the Holy Spirit's upon him. What this is saying is that he's full of joy and expectation still. He hasn't gotten discouraged. He hasn't gotten to the point where he's like, is it ever going to happen? And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came to the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and he blessed him. He blessed God, I'm sorry, and said, which is true in both cases, because it's his God that he is blessing. And I think about this moment. I think about when you have an expectation of something you've been waiting for, when you experience joy, when you have like this moment where you realize everything's coming together and everything's going to work out. And you think about the joy that Simeon still has, the hope in his heart, the patience he's had, because he is an old man at this point. He's nearing the end of his earthly life. And yet he's thinking, wow, I can't wait to see what God's going to do and when he's going to do it. And so when we set our expectations on things in the world, it's why we're often disappointed. It's why we're often not surprised when we don't get what we want or expect. When we put our hope and our promise in things that aren't going to last, that are fleeting, then we end up experiencing the opposite of what God intends for us. And the way that we reverse this is that we find joy and seeing the promises God has already fulfilled. And, and for Simeon, I think that that's part of what's going on here. I think the way that he keeps hope for the Messiah coming and experiences joy immediately is because he's never forgotten what God's already been doing. I want to pause on that for a second. And this is, this is meant to be a reminder. Maybe some of you are already in this place where you're remembering what God has done. But I want to encourage you as 2023 closes, as we wrap up this year in our lives, in church, in retrospect, as we look back, that we see the things God has done in our lives and the things God continues to do. Even things as simple as being free to come here to worship him, not being told we can't, not being told it's against the law, as it is in some places. The fact that we can come freely and read God's word and sing praises to him. That we can come and receive Christ in a physical way that he promised. 
every time we receive this sacrament. Jesus is present here because he said he is, and he promises he will be. Those are the things I'm talking about not forgetting. God's word is eternal. God's word will never be outdated or behind the times. And Jesus will always be present where he says he's going to be. And I think that's the way that Simeon's approaching this day. I think he approached it like any other, like, is this the day? Is this the couple? Is this the baby? And then he knew. And what does it say? He doesn't make it about him. He blessed God. And then we see Simeon so full of joy and excitement that that he shares this. He sings this. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. Now, now he's saying in this prayer, in this song, in this worship, he's saying, Lord, you now have done what you said you were going to do. And now I see your promise being fulfilled, and there's nothing left for me here. And it's all according to what you've promised, Lord, and what you've said. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Here it is. Now, again, stop for a moment. This is easy for us looking back because we just talked about the baby in the manger. We just talked about an amazing way that God came to earth as a child. But think about for this old man who's waiting and that he is so full of joy and promise in this eight-day-old baby. And he says, this is salvation for me. And the entire world. He has such trust that God is telling the truth in his word that he knows it's true even though it defies every bit of human logic and reason. And he just blindly trusts. I have seen your salvation for us. That you have prepared in the presence of all people, not just the Israelites, the Jewish people anymore, but this is for all people, Gentiles, non-Jewish people too, which is a big deal in fulfillment of the Old Testament law and the promise. A light for the revelation to the Gentiles, that's most all of us non-Jewish people, and for the glory to your people Israel, also to your people that have had this promise. And so Simeon understands full and complete that God is fulfilling a prophecy, a promise, that he is delivering on this covenant that has been celebrated and waited for. And he's one of the only people that gets it right away. Even though everybody else is looking for the same thing, Simeon sees. And if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear that. That the reason that he saw that God was telling the truth is because he was looking in the right places. When we come to worship and when we hear God's word and when we worship him, we're in that promise the same way Simeon was. And the Holy Spirit is at work. And so when we hear these stories, we're reminded that we're part of the same story. We talked in Advent, too, that Jesus is coming again, 
There will be another coming. And this time Jesus is going to come the way that everyone else was looking for him, that missed it. He's going to come as a warrior, as a king, as a conqueror, as a deliverer. And he's going to come in a powerful and spectacular way that nobody can miss. And we're awaiting that the same way Simeon was awaiting the first coming. And so when we worship Jesus and when we say we trust you, and when we're waiting with hope and anticipation that one day we'll be free from sin and hurt and sickness and all those things, I want us to have that same hope that, that, that Simeon had. I want us to have that same joy and trusting in God so much that we immediately see when he fulfills his promise to us. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. Mary and Joseph now are still human beings. They're still, even after everything they've experienced, they're still just like, oh my goodness, this is real. Can you believe this is happening. We are a part of what God is doing. And then Simeon extends this blessing to the family and says, Mary, his mother, behold, this child's appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. So it's not all good news. So that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And so sometimes in the blessing that God gives, we still experience the pain. Mary was hearing here that she was going to be stabbed and pierced to her very core by how Jesus is going to transform the world. That as a mother, she needed to understand what was going to come but that there was blessing in this for all people. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer all night and day. And that... And coming up on that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him of all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And so we see here that Anna also is waiting with expectation, recognizes what's happened, and hears all of this transpire and responds in the same way. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their hometown of Nazareth. And so Mary and Joseph still fulfill what was required of them. And they go off knowing that what has happened is not only going to transform their lives, but the entire world around them. And I can't imagine what that must have been like for them. The pressures and the worrying and the uncertainty, and yet it played out exactly the way that God promised. Everything happened exactly the way that God had promised. And the child grew Jesus and became strong with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. 
And so when we hear this part of Scripture, we're reminded that when we come into worship and we experience God's Word and we experience God's promises and we experience worship by giving back what God has given us, that we're in that same position that believers have found themselves in for years. That we find joy in the things that are consistent that God's given. We find joy when things go against things of the world, even when it's difficult. And that when we have struggles and when things aren't always easy, we're there for one another in community the way that God has called the church to be. And so I hope as we end this year and begin a new one, we find that joy every day. We look for God's promises that are already fulfilled, and we joyfully wait for the ones that are yet to come. In Jesus' name, amen.